Within a podcast pottering around the bludger of Mangum Reads, we are three muggles who would definitely save each other from a troll. My name is Sarah, and I am joined by my co-hosts, BJ and Spencer. How y'all doing? Doing well. Doing quite well. Considering, yeah, considering how I would save y'all from a troll, given the lack of magic, but, you know, I'm sure I'd find a way. I'm sure you could, like, bore them with, you know, various legal uh, ins and outs and, and just put them to sleep. If I, if I want to go full rumble, if I want to go full, um, oh God, I blanked on the name of the short story of where the guy falls asleep while playing bowling, while playing bowling up in the mountains. Um, <laughs> Rip Van Winkle, yes. So so yeah, um, all kinds of fun. And uh, this week we have a possibly relevant to the date that it gets released, uh, Halloween. Yeah, chapter ten, Halloween. Uh, Bj, have you done the math on when this is going to come out? Uh, no, but I don't okay. like doing math. It's well, that's not enough. quite true, but it'll it'll actually be fairly close. So I th- You're in the sciences. You can't afford this. I have MATLAB for all of the math needs that I ever could have. Um, so we've got a couple of things we're doing. We have our lightning round uh, recap of the chapter. And then, uh, BJ, you talk about word-related things. Yep. And um, Spencer has some newbies notes. And then I award house points. And um, we have some questions. Uh, yeah, all kinds of fun stuff. Cool. All right, so are we ready for the recap of this action-packed chapter? Uh, have your time. I was going to say, I feel like I need to take a deep breath, but I actually <laughs> have a, um, as I mentioned on the other podcast, a vaguely Harry Potter-related uh, cocktail. Ooh. Um, and hmm. by cocktail, I mean scotch. And, sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because Hogwarts it's is, hard in to... Scot- is in Scotland. Yeah, um, and it's also hard to pronounce. So mm. the it's spelled L E D A I G, and it's pronounced Legig. Of course it is, because because Scotland is is like that. Mm-hmm. How is it? Oh, it's smoky and lovely. Um, you'll get to taste it at some point, and probably <laughs> I don't know how well you'll like it, but we'll see. Well, I am to try. I am drinking a prophecy wine, which is relevant, but not until several books from now. <laughs> Hopefully you're not still in the same bottle of wine by the time we get there. I can guarantee you that I will not be. Uh, I, I am drinking a glass of water <laughs> that I determined was not classy enough, and so I got a strawberry and I put it in it, and now I'm calling that oh, a drink. Oh, delightful, Spencer. <laughs> For our underage audience, Spencer has your cocktail of the week. <laughs> you know, I'm actually enjoying it. I cut it up, and now it's got a nice little extra flavor to it. All right. It's a good way to do it. Okay, so we're ready for the recap. Uh, t- timer is set. I'm on your mark. See what I can do here. <laughs> All right. So, post midnight adventure, and nonetheless, or none the worse for wear, Harry and Ron, while Hermione refuses to speak to them, and they don't really seem to mind, uh, they triumph and sort of speculate about what the three-headed dog could possibly be guard- guarding. Harry's broom arrives by Owl, and they immediately use it to get up Malfoy's nose while Malfoy narks on them. 
Um, that night, Harry goes to the Quidditch pitch to try his Nimbus 2000 and learn about Quidditch. We have three chasers, two beaters, one keeper, one seeker, one quaffle, two bludgers, and one snitch. This is basketball on brooms with six goals and rugby. Um, all of a sudden, it's <laughs> Halloween, which is perhaps unsurprisingly kind of a big deal for Hogwarts. And in charms class, Professor Flitwick is trying to teach them a levitating charm, and, and Ron is over Hermione who at this moment is speaking to my deep-seated need to correct people's grammar. Um, she's right. Ron can't get it. And he says some very unkind things to her, which she overhe- or about her, which she overhears and ends up disappearing for the rest of the day. Uh, at the Halloween feast, Professor Quirrell runs in halfway through and just falls out on the ground after yelling about trolls in the dungeon. There is widespread panic. Everyone uh, gets sent to the dormitories. But Harry remembers Hermione, who doesn't know about the troll, and uh, convinces Ron to go to the girl's bathroom to warn her. Put a pin in this. Snape's not where he's supposed to be. Uh, but then neither is the troll. He's already in the bathroom with Hermione, smash- smashing shit. Uh, Harry and Ron try to distract him. Harry jumps on his back and shoves a wand up his nose. Ron finally figures out Wingardium Leviosa to drop the troll's own club on his head and knock him six ways to Sunday. McGonagall shows up pretty pissed. Hermione lies to her and takes the blame. Um... I have no idea what my notes say say here, uh, but Harry, Ron, and Hermione are friends. Probably something about you know, health points being awarded. It's weirdly. points taken and given is what I have written. Yes. <laughs> you know, even with that moment of loss, you came in under two minutes. That's Bravo! Right. <laughs> it's a professional operation. <laughs> um, so that's where we are. Uh, yeah. Yep. So so a fun chapter. Probably I feel like it was one of the longer chapters, um, and a lot going on. It felt longer and with a lot going on when I was doing the recap. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, so I'll jump in with my uh, words amusement. Um, both of the other balls, which I completely forgot about, the non-snitches, <laughs> the, the quaffle and the, the bludger. Yeah. It they're they're great words. <laughs> um, they just are. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. The, the other thing that I wanted to comment on, um, which I feel like is very Spencerish, uh, which is about um, hardwoods. So it talks about the broom having a mahogany handle. Um, and so mahogany is like a go-to for a lot of people for like a wood that they know, and it happens to be a hardwood, but the wood itself is a not particularly hardwood. It's actually fairly soft. You can... Um, damage it like with your fingernail Mm. Mm -hmm. um and for reasons that i don't really know because i am not spencer and did not go on a wikipedia spiral (laughs) um the classification for hardwoods has to do with the seeds that they produce and not the hardness of the wood really yes um and this is actually something that i knew way prior to to the pod Mm because i used to do uh, some woodworking and and all kinds of fun things and and I can regale you with a lot of weird things about different wood varieties. But um, I always find it fascinating when um, mahogany is talked about as a hard wood because while it is technically correct, it is also very misleading because it's it's a surprisingly soft wood. That's really interesting. Um, and so was the. Nimbus 2000, a mahogany? Yes. Um, sleek and shiny with a mahogany handle. It had a long tail of neat straight twigs and Nimbus 2000 written in gold near the top. 
I wonder if the fact that mahogany is itself like actually a sort of softwood in the world makes the broom more responsive. Very possibly. Um, I could very well be something as opposed to um, J.K. Rowling just like looking up a common hardwood um, or just something that she was more familiar with. Yeah, I don't um, know. Mahogany also just sounds kind of fancy and the Nimbus 2000 yes. is supposed to be fancy. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, mahogany is used for like a lot of furniture and things like that and is, is mm. a gorgeous wood. Um, but if it was something that you really wanted to be a ver- something very sturdy, you'd probably use something else. Um, and I'm also kind of amused that she doesn't go for the oak, ash, and thorn of other, you know, mythological woods that uh, some others might. Sure. Well, maybe those are proprietary <laughs> information from other broom companies. <laughs> Man, that, those, of, those or you would have been much more distinctly English. But as said, mahogany is very much a classic, this is a high quality mm-hmm. product mm-hmm. kind of thing. So really overused in that sense. A lot of people use mahogany for things they shouldn't, like tabletops. You're just asking for that to be scuffed. Yep. But it comes across as being classic. Yep. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to reference is I've been watching Big Mouth on Netflix. And there is a um, episode where they get into um, masturbation um, and they go to Spencer's Gifts and there is a uh, Harry Potter wand section that that they comment on. Ooh, this has a phoenix feather core. That might be exciting, Um, which I thought was hilarious and would make Sarah a little sad. Well, you thought right, BJ. Shall we move on for your sake, Sarah? Yes, please. Spencer, what do you got? Okay. All right. For newbies notes, one of the things that struck me about this chapter was this was really one of the first ones of where I vaguely remembered things from the one and a half movies that I've seen. Of where several of these feel like just classic adapted scenes, like the Wingardium Leviosa, Mm -hmm. dealing with the troll, Harry first learning to get the broom. These are things I vaguely remember from the first movie, and so that was kind of fun. Uh, I remember the troll fight being much more comic in the movie. Here, it actually comes across as legitimately kind of scary and intimidating. I think I preferred it the book way. Um, what are some of the things I found interesting? One, uh, Quidditch seems like a sport that would be fascinating and maybe fun to play, but seems entirely imbalanced in its focus. <laughs> Everything is put on the seeker. Mm-hmm. The point total is entirely skewed towards that being the only relevant thing. I think... If you get the quarrel through the hoop, you get ten points. Waffle. Whereas if the that's a professor. <laughs> Sorry, we do have we have words, we have two names. prominent keywords in this book. <laughs> One is a professor, but you are looking for quaffle. Okay, well, if you, quaffle. If you get the quaffle through the hoop, you get ten points. Whereas if they catch the golden mm-hmm. snitch, mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. I get that right? You get a hundred and fifty. Mm-hmm. And, most notably, the game does not end until someone catches that, which I don't know if the uh, if the uh, leader of the team was joking or not, but he said the game took once three months no, to finish. No, months. So, I mean, I feel that, like in that, that case, is horrifying. you know, the snitch doesn't really matter. And it only matters in, um, say, baseball or football terms rather than, you know, some... Uh, oh, I'm blanking. That's terrible. Uh... Basketball? No, 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 no. The the British sport that rugby. Oh, cricket. Cricket. Yes. Cricket. Um, yeah, that that can last weeks or whatever mm-hmm. In, mm-hmm. until you know whatever happens, and so you know there are I don't, 
whatever test match I think is the short one, but like the longer ones where the runs get up in the hundreds, where 150 Mm -hmm. points, while it might matter, you know, if you're playing for three months, it's less of a big deal. Um, And I feel like it's much more important when you're having like school children play rather than the one in six adults Mm -hmm. that have to be playing professional Quidditch um, (laughs) that are taking months doing so. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 even for the longer games, it would depend how close they end up being. Mm-hmm. Because if the margin, if the, the game can go on for 500 points, but if they're still within effectively 15 or 150, like 10 points each, 15, it the game can shift in, a, in, in an instant that way. Yeah. So certainly make for exciting watching, and I'm guessing it'd be a blast to play. Minus the, again, very casualness of this world to semi-lethal injuries. That apparently one of these balls just kind of hunts people out uh, a bludger? Was that what I, what, 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 what I have it correct? Or was that the name of the players? Uh, the, no, well, yes. Yeah, uh, the bludger is the ball. The beaters are the players. Beaters. Yeah. Gotcha. This thing appears designed to shatter jaws. Just, you know, break orbital ring. <laughs> it, it, all kinds of bad things this thing does. And they're just very casual about it. Yeah, but it. when you can be healed instantaneously by... That's my point, yes. Well... <laughs> I mean, it's... This is a work... Sorry, going I was going to say, except for, you know, bad eyesight or something like that, you know, but you can be healed relatively quickly. Well, yes. Um, I This conversation is fascinating, and I am going to point you both to moments in chapter, or in book two and book four, um, that go both to Quidditch injuries and um, the point value of the snitch. Okay. I'm curious to see it. <laughs> it, it. It strikes me again as just another example of a world, as you were saying, BJ, in which magic can instantaneously heal very serious mm-hmm. injuries. I mean, to a point, people being scalded or shattered bones and a simple spell can restore it. You develop a certain casualness to the prospect of them. And this plays mm-hmm. out here of where kids flying potentially stories up in the air, shattering bones, objects directly trying to end tiny little lives is a normal fun day at the park. And it makes a certain degree of sense it would be. Um, next point. This book is very much tempting me with who to suspect is the ultimate bad guy. Uh, it has given me more than a little bit of evidence that there is something about Snape that he's at least hiding. The fact that he was going around the same path that the trolls seem to enter into is to a certain degree suspicious, but I'm not convinced. It feels too obvious at present. I'm actually raising a certain degree of questions about the other professor that starts with a Q that name you said. Quirrell. Squirrel uh, like squirrel. Um, he's squirrely. Sure. Uh, he. The fact that he's the one that's announcing that the trolls in the building, and the fact that he seems utterly, surprisingly useless for his position, raises questions in my mind. But there's not enough there. At least the book is giving me various hints that certain people should. That suspicion is being raised with respect to them, but not enough to commit quite yet. Uh, let's see here. What other points do I have? Um question this, this one's going to be i'm not sure whether to present this right now as a question or as a uh, topic for newbies notes but i i enjoy i find it interesting that termini lied but i find it particularly interesting th- how she lied she was in that bathroom for a reason she could have simply said what that reason was or even that she was in the bathroom but she chose to lie in a way that would directly bring scorn upon her and i find that interesting as to what she's was the fa- well, we'll get into the stopping questions, but it appeared from the text was saying that she was in the bathroom crying because of what she overheard Ron saying. But it, I guess it may say something about her character that she's so willing to keep that personal degree of actual weakness hidden away that she's willing to instead admit a fault that isn't real instead. But last thing I got in Newbie's notes is just such a lovely end quote to a chapter. 
of where the last line of this may be one of my favorite lines in the entire book so far, of where after they've successfully saved Hermione and after they've returned to the uh, quarters of House Gryffindor, the last paragraph says, but from that moment on, Hermione Granger became their friend. There are some things you can't share without ending up liking each other, and knocking at a 12-foot mountain troll is one of them. And while I can't say I've knocked at many 12-foot mountain trolls in my time, that little degree of exaggeration so summarizes so many of my friendships from childhood of where there are just moments of where you kind of mutually accept or not that, okay, we're going to be friends now. This is how that goes. I even remember with one friend, I actually literally had that conversation. We both turned to each other and said, okay, because of this, we're friends now. <laughs> and we were friends for a long time thereafter. So, I'm curious what your 12-foot trolls are. Maybe we'll address that on another podcast. <laughs> you know, it's, it's all relative. Everyone has a particular mountain troll they have to climb. Um, mine's just, most for most people, it tends to be less literal than our characters in the story <laughs> are going through. But qu- quite enjoyed this chapter. Uh, really exciting degree of, of mix of action and world building. And I'll be curious to see where it goes. Yeah, I love that last line too, Spencer. It always makes me tear up a little bit, um, both because of the line itself, but also because like, I think even you, Spencer, know that Harry and Ron and Hermione are friends in this series. Yeah. Um, and this is the moment when it happens, right? Um, <laughs> which is yeah. just heartwarming. It, it is a great scene and a great line. And uh, yeah, it, 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 it touched me quite a bit and I'll be very curious to... Uh, it's one of those things of where I know that they are friends, and I know their friendship is going in incredible ways, and to see the ground floor of it, I'm excited to see what happens from here and have so little knowledge to assume <laughs> what it's going to be. Um, so I think we're ready for house points. We are. Oh, uh, so house points, as I think BJ, you pointed out, are a little funky in this chapter, like literally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I am yeah. going to offer a corrective to that in our number one with a bullet winner for this week for house points is Hermione. Um, she got shit on for just knowing what she knows. Um, and then she got attacked by a troll and then she lied to save her soon to be friends. Um, she is the winner. She gets mm-hmm. all of my house points. A loser is a little bit more difficult in this chapter. Um, Ron, cause he's an asshole. Well, Ron could frequently be the house point loser of any given chapter because he's an asshole. Um, I think that he might, I think he might deserve it in this chapter um, because he's just, he's just being a little bitch um, mm-hmm. throughout this whole thing. And Harry has to drag him down to this girl's bathroom to save Hermione. Um, and it was Ron's fault that Hermione's in the bathroom in the first place. Yeah, I'm gonna peg. I'm gonna peg Ron as the loser of this chapter. He is. He is just bleeding house points right now. <laughs> uh, if I, if I may offer an honorable mention as well for possible Please. loser, uh, I, I think Malfoy is the uh, butt of one of the better lines from Harry in the course <laughs> okay. of this chapter, <laughs> of where um, when Professor when Harry and Ron have just gotten the broom, and I think it's Professor. Flitwick? Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh dear Christ, are the names in this book hard for me? Um, it, it runs into them the hallway as Malfoy and gang are accosting them. Harry gets in a wonderful line of basically crediting Malfoy for the reasons that he's got in the broom, which is well-timed and well-done, mm-hmm. and even Harry can barely contain his glee at getting off that kind of line. So, as it rendered Malfoy speechless and impotent, I think it deserves at least an honorable mention, but I will fully endorse your choice of Ron being the loser of this episode. <laughs> and I wonder whether this will be a continuing thing of this guy is kind of a prick 
he, he's brave, he's useful, he seems loyally mm-hmm. determined, but he seems to let his mouth and his actions get far ahead of his brain. Yeah, he's a little bit impetuous. Um, hmm. And he is the also, youngest boy <laughs> of a large family, so I think that he sometimes needs to kind of act out. Mm-hmm. I guess I also wonder how much of this is... Um, uh, directed towards Hermione for reasons other than he's just unpleasant. For reasons that become clear in future books. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, sh- should I be taking notes whenever you guys do these little winky <laughs> conversations over the course of these episodes? Just it's like, let it wash keep over Keep track you. of just... Ron. <laughs> <laughs> just let it hit, I, I, hit I, I, you just... like a bludger, Spencer. <laughs> Yes. Okay. I, I've, I, I've written down my little memento notes that I take during these episodes now. Ron slash Hermione question mark heart. We'll see how that goes. I mean, he's not dipping her pigtails in inkwells quite yet, but, you know, just wait. There's still time. Okay. Um, so what, what questions do you all have? Um, I don't have too many questions for you this episode per se. I just have a... Um, realization again about well a realization of of something that was referenced in a previous chapter which is um, about Charlie Weasley um, has uh, it said that he could have played for England if he hadn't gone off chasing dragons Mm -hmm. so I guess my question and this isn't Harry Potter related at all is do you think J.K. Rowling is familiar with the phrase and this plays into you know some background that we're not actually familiar with or was this just like she's just talking about chasing dragons and there's nothing else to see here chasing dragons is opium is that right yeah um you know it's kind of commonly used now for heroines but it mm-hmm. is uh opi- yeah, opiates in general and apparently um it comes from uh chinese um, which mm-hmm. makes sense, but I didn't think about it that way. Um, but it just sort of struck me that one of the characters is sort of noticeably absent from all of the things that people expected of him because he's off chasing dragons. I caught that and assumed it was going to be just like a, uh, an in-joke for the adults. But sorry, Sarah, I'm jumping in your chair. No, it's a... I mean, that's a totally fair question. I think that it is an in-joke for the adults more or less um and i mean we do we do see charlie later in the series i'm trying to remember if we see him in this book or not there is a moment at which we might tired and out of it and no he's at like actively wrangling dragons at several points okay (laughs) (laughs) which sort of undercuts the metaphorical (laughs) chasing dragons gotcha yeah um, so, so his wand isn't hollowed out with a burned end. No, um, it's not particularly okay. sharp at one end. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think we see him particularly in this book, although there is like an episode that directly. Yeah, he's not there, but it directly relates to Charlie. Um, okay. And so it's an interesting question. I mean, it's certainly possible because like Charlie is still is still the guy who is off in sort of exotic locales doing Mm -hmm. interesting things, which kind of builds into the mystique um, that might kind of play, that might play into this. Um, But he is actually like chasing dragons. 
So um, I guess <laughs> so that does lead me into an actual question, which is, um, and I, I feel like I know the answer has to be yes, but I don't know if it's touched upon in the books. Is is the drug use just like crazy weird among wizards? Because I mean, you've got to be able to do mm-hmm. so much more entertaining and interesting things mm-hmm. with some wonky potion concoctions. Yeah. Yeah, it's always, um, at least in my mind, it's always a little veiled, but we get a couple of like really shady places. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a like, there's an alley off of Diagon Alley called Nocturne Alley where a whole bunch mm-hmm. of shady stuff goes on. Um, there are certainly, like, some bars that we see that sell, like, liquor that is a little bit di- different. Um, yeah. I guess, well, that was the other thing that I was going to ask. Is yeah. I feel like there's a very British thing that even when it's not, like, sci-fi and fantasy worlds still the vice of choice is like drinking yeah we see a lot of drinking and not a lot of anything else they were still quaffing ales even though they had potions that you could do whatever Mm -hmm. you wanted Mm -hmm. um but they you know just end up belly up at the pub and getting drunk yeah and that is very much what we see um in this series that's really funny (laughs) it it, it may be a magical world but they're still british damn it (laughs) Uh, Spencer, Uh, I'll turn it over to you Sure, I have uh, two First one, uh, with respect to and correct me if I'm wrong about my pronunciation uh, Wingardium Leviosa Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like you need a longer O Leviosa Oh, you know, I'll work on it You know, if I'm if you could particularly if you could summon a troll to encourage me, I might be able to get it done, get it done faster. To what degree are magical words required? Is it required for certain mm-hmm. spells? Is it required for certain influence uh, emphasis, mm-hmm. or is it required as part of your initial uh, training? To, uh, yeah. To what? How much are magical words an integral part yeah. of magic? Um. So it is explicitly you have to learn sort of with the words. Um, the spells are more potent with the words when you begin Um, and really for the first several years of their training they never do spells without words attached Um, there are points later particularly when they are studying defense against the dark arts when they are trying to learn how to do um, hexes curses, counter curses defensive spells Etc. without speaking so that they are not giving themselves away to whatever opponent they might be fighting. Um, but that is pretty advanced magic. To have the will and the concentration to cast spells without saying the words is quite difficult. Gotcha. So more of like okay, a well, focal make... point. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Makes sense. Spencer, do you have a follow-up to that? I have one, I have one, one more question, but if you have one in mind, you can ask Oh, I first. have a follow-up to this one exactly. So... Mm-hmm. Um, we know that there are other schools that also teach magic. Mm-hmm. Um, is magic that's taught in other countries that don't speak English or don't have good um, similar consonants and things like that? Mm-hmm. Are they particularly different, or is that just sort of we don't we don't deal with that because it's outside of England and we don't care? Um, oh, that's an interesting question. I don't know that the spells are different. 
Um, like the words that you would say, I don't know that those are different. They might be, we don't get much evidence of that, but there are certainly, um, commonalities between sort of the types of spells. So like the, okay. there is a levitating spell, um, that mm-hmm. exists across, but I, I don't know that we get evidence of, of if the words are different or not. Um, I will say though, kind of tangential to this, the focus at different wizarding schools in different countries is frequently very different. Um, gotcha. So Durmstrang yeah. is the school that is presumably in Russia-ish, um, is very much a school that focuses on actually teaching students the dark arts, um, presumably mm-hmm. so that they can more effectively combat them, although that's a little <laughs> bit in question. <laughs> wink, 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 yeah. nudge, nudge. Um, so we certainly get that example, and the, the French school, Beaubaton, is a little bit more focused on, um, I would say, sort of style, and the kind of potions and and potions yeah Mm -hmm. i mean a little bit more finesse in things Hmm. well uh my last question we want to move on to it is uh inter-house competition we've heard before that certain houses are kind of at each other's throats uh are are mortal enemies i think we've heard before that um gryffindor and slytherin are very much opposed in both mentality and also competition Mm -hmm. We see here, though, that um, the leader of, I believe it's your house, uh, Ravenclaw, mm-hmm. Flitwick, is downright friendly and supportive of Harry getting one hell of a boon from the leader of his house in the form of this Nimbus 2000. Are certain houses more naturally friendly or traditionally friendly with others um, in a way that certain houses are more competitive with others? Or are people like Flitwick just so easygoing they don't particularly care that this individual with these tools may forever defeat my house going forward. Um, there are, I would say that there are houses that are that are friendlier with each other more naturally. Um, so actually Hufflepuff and Gryffindor are usually fairly friendly with each other. Um, mm-hmm. Gryffindor and Ravenclaw are not on bad terms with each other, but Ravenclaw and Slytherin are frequently not on bad terms with each other either. Um, Hmm. Gryffindor and Slytherin are obviously kind of at odds. Um, Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw can sometimes be seen as kind of in alliance because Gryffindor and Slytherin are frequently the two sort of dominant houses in terms of Quidditch and house points. But I think at the point at which we are entering right now, Slytherin has been pretty dominant in terms of um, the house cup and if I'm not mistaken, the Quidditch Cup as well. But they have certainly won for several, the House Cup for several years in terms of house points at the end of the year. Ah, I, you see, I was conflating the two. I thought the, the, the two were one and the same. So the, these are separate and distinct things, the Quidditch Cup and yes, the House Cup. Yes, the Quidditch Cup, mm-hmm. Cup is specifically sports-related, specifically Quidditch-related. Um, and the House Cup is specifically house points determined. And apparently Slytherin, kind of like UCLA, um, went on a long run of almost a decade of winning the House Cup Mm -hmm. from 1986 to 1991, followed by a bunch of Gryffindor wins, um, which... I wonder. I wonder if J.K. Rowling just doesn't care about Hufflepuff or Ravenclaw enough to be like, yeah, they totally wanted. No, not particularly. (laughs) 
Doesn't seem like it'd necessarily be in the nature of Ravenclaw to care too much about the sports side of things. That's not their focus. Well, this is House Cup, so... Oh, House Cup even. Okay, well, damn, that sucks for them. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, so anything else we want to talk about? Uh, No. I think that's pretty good. Covers me this chapter. All right, so next week, um, we come back with a brand new chapter, Chapter 11, which is just titled Quidditch. You know, I'm going to... I don't know if I'm ready to guess what this chapter is going to be about, but I've got a vague link, vague inkling. <laughs> well, yep. listen, only half of half of the chapter we did tonight was really about Halloween, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I will, look, I will look forward to what I will assume will be Harry's first Quidditch match, and I'm sure that'll be exciting. Right. Uh, quite. Well, BJ, where can they listen to other material, or do we want to leave that part out of the podcast? <laughs> Oh, I've been leaving out of the podcast with another podcast. Easy enough. All right, everybody. I hope you'll read along with us for the next chapter, and we will look forward to talking about it come next week.